Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim, your Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. We have a lot to get to this week, so I don't want to make a whole lot of announcements here, but I am happy to say today we have our very first non-player character named after a listener. I didn't write down the uh, names of the people who volunteered for this in order, but uh, hopefully we'll be knocking some more names off the list very soon in the coming weeks. But today marks the very first name. Oh yes. And if you would like to be added to that list, that is, if you want to have a non-player character named after you, who gets killed off almost immediately after being introduced, just let us know. Send us a message on Instagram, on Twitter. We are at Knights and Nerds, or on Facebook. Our page is Knights and Nerds Podcast, or by Gmail, Knights and Nerds Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying these episodes, and I sincerely hope that you are, this is like our 11th campaign episode. So if you're listening to this many, I, I hope that you're getting something out of it. If you do feel like supporting the podcast, you can tell a friend about it. You can leave a rating or a review somewhere. Or if you want to support the podcast in a different way, you can head on over to my website, which is thingstimwrote.com slash books. You can check out some ebooks that I wrote. They're pretty inexpensive and they're also pretty good, I think. So if you like fantasy novels and a complete fantasy trilogy, like a whole story that you can read start to finish without waiting years for a sequel, you can do that now, thingstimwrote.com slash books. Okay, let's rejoin our players. Let's rejoin Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Van White Helsing, Spruce Lee, and Gilladob Fabblestabble. Uh, so last time, you guys started your descent underneath the city of Ferris Point, and you went through some traps, you fought some spiders, some horse-like spiders, and you went through a room that had a lightning orb in it, and you exploited my oversight and design in it pretty quickly. Um, okay, so you guys have all sort of reconnected on the on the outside of this room on the other side. Now you had taken a short rest right after the run-in with the spider. So how's everybody doing, like health-wise? Uh, like half health. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to use a healing potion because I'm down to 11 hit points. So you guys still have a ways to go. And you hadn't really been going for that long, like maybe maybe a few hours. Did we take a short rest? Did I play after you the... fought After you fought the spiders, yeah, you took a short rest. I gave rest. them the yeah. inspiration, okay, well, right? Yeah, but before the I'm, lightning place. I gave you all that. If I'm playing it to inspire my fellow comrades, do I also get inspired by that to heal slightly more? If you or any friendly creatures who can hear your performance, yeah. And uh, during our short rest, can I make a check to try and find uh, more information about this special dagger that I picked up? Yeah, so... So wait, are we taking another short rest? Well, no, kind of like backtracking. Oh, okay. Okay, so we'll, we'll retcon a little bit. Um, yeah, so if you spend a short rest with a magic item, you know its properties, right? I think that's the rule. So there were a couple things. You had a small glass orb. You had a small metal rod. You had a potion and you had a dagger. The dagger of venom. If everybody holds a different thing, then you'll each know what the thing does. After you guys spend some time examining the other items, the 
Potion is a potion of fire breath. The orb is something called a drift globe. It basically follows you around emitting light, like a hands-free flashlight. The rod is a chime of opening. We've all examined these, or you examined them? I think you would all have each examined one. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the dragon, or the dagger, because it's better than my weapon. So I could use that to stab people. <laughs> but if people want the other little utensils, I hear that chime of opening is pretty useful. So it's similar to my spell, knock? It's similar to knock, yeah. Well, there's no point in you taking it since you have knock, so... I mean, I'll take it, I guess. Spruce. Spruce will take it. So let's move right along. Um, I'm going to do something a bit different. Instead of instead of making you guys roll, like, ten disarm checks on a bunch of traps, we're going to do a survival check. You continue for what seems like endless hours into the darkness, encountering trap after trap until you begin to lose count of them. At times you feel like you've become lost in the branching web of tunnels, but you always continue down further into the depths. So yeah, go ahead and make a survival check for me, please. <laughs> that is a one. <laughs> oh, Spruce. Straight up. Didn't even, like, tumble, just straight on a one. <laughs> Getting some sort of, like, sitcom cut to Spruce being like, Oh, Spruce. One. I got a six. A six. Fifteen. Twenty. Okay. Natural? Not natural, no. So, bewilderingly, Faye makes it through the journey unscathed, as does Vanna Whitehousing. Um, Girl power! <laughs> maybe it's because Gilladob is in the lead, and maybe it's because Spruce is... Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not used to being underground as a wood elf? Sure. Uh, but you two will each take 10 points of damage. Oh my <laughs> god, I am so happy I drank that healing potion. <laughs> yeah, I can't go on anymore. Are you unconscious? Well, I have one health. So, I think that's going to put a damper on my progress. Oh yeah, I got, I'm going to just find a nice little cove somewhere as a... <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I'm a deep gnome. I'll find a little crevice and sleep in it. Guess that means we have to rest. <laughs> well, I could take a potion and maybe use some hit dice. Great, I have ten health. I healed nine points. That was a very good potion. As you press on, you begin to hear faint scratching sounds that grow louder, though you find it difficult to determine where the sound is coming from as it echoes through the tunnels around you. Um, so I would like everybody now to make a stealth check. This you get advantage on. Mm-hmm. Around this way. Five. Twenty. Not natural. Six. Twenty-four. Faye can avoid the traps, but she's loud as hell. <laughs> you keep on and not knowing exactly where these scratching sounds are coming from, you turn a corner in this narrow, claustrophobic tunnel, and you see a group of sort of insectoid creatures with hard shells, and they take notice of you because... I don't know, Spruce's glaive is just constantly, like, dragging up against the, <laughs> the roof of the tunnel. God damn it. All right. So guys, please roll initiative. 21. 20. I got 16. I got a 6. Vanna Whitehousing is up first. You see these insect-like creatures. They're 
they're like the size of large dogs. There's three of them. And how far away would I be from them? About 40 feet. Interestingly enough, we as a group don't tend to do nature checks when we look at animals. <laughs> it, it might be worth finding out what, okay. the, what's a, what they are. Because you, you, are, you are a hermit, right? Or Ranger. Do you spend time in the... But she spends time in the... I'm in the woods, yeah. In the woods a lot, so she'd have an advantage on bugs and insects and things, or no? Uh, I don't know if that's a thing. To me, that would be. She has advantage to recall information about her favorite enemy, which are humanoids, but could always try a nature check if you want to... Sure. Because it's not an action. 21, bitch! (laughs) You You roll a natural 20, or... No, I rolled a 19. Jeez. I know. All right. These are rust monsters. You know that if they... Okay, so they like to eat metal. And metal weapons that hit them tend to corrode and become useless. Ew, longbow them. One of them. 20. 20, yeah, definitely. You hit this thing right in its face. Okay, I guess... I don't know if that counts. It hit my other dice, but I got, well, 10 damage. Faye, and then Spruce, you're up after Faye. All right, well, I touch myself and make myself invisible. Sorry. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Where do you touch yourself? Oh, God. <laughs> Guys. When you think about me, do you touch yourself? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Spruce. Seems your pep talk didn't do all that good. I guess I will also uh, use my longbow to try and shoot one of these things. 16. 16, your arrow hits. Assuming you're shooting at the same one that she shot at. Yeah. Sure. Uh, 12. Piercing. So that kills the first one. So wait, can I still... I can still move and then use a bonus action, right? Oh, yeah. All right, th- I'm going to run up to the other one because my, my speed's 45. Uh, and then I'll use um, unarmed strike against the second one. <laughs> 17? Yeah. Five damage. So you guys see Fiance disappear, and then Spruce kills this closest rust monster and then runs up and just backhands the other one. And they're... I guess gonna bite you. The first one snaps at you and misses. And the other one, it's gonna go up with its antenna, sniffing out your glaive. Can you make a dexterity saving throw? 15? Yeah, okay. You pivot out of the way, keeping keeping your glaive out of reach of this thing's antenna. And then that brings us to Giladov Fabblestabble. So I'm gonna stay at a distance and use my bonus action to hide. Probably find like a rock to stand behind since I'm so short you know it works uh, and then I'll shoot one of these creatures with my bow that's going to be a sneak attack because you are hidden and it's engaged 14 yeah 14 is just enough for that arrow Ooh. to pierce the plates on this thing well it's 7 damage but I just want to note that I rolled 3 ones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no 3d6 is 3 Wow. Yikes. Okay, we're back up to Vanna Whitehelsing. Right now, Spruce Lee is basically up next to both of them. I guess I'll take either one, whatever is kind of within my line of sight the most. With my long though. 19 plus 8, so whatever that is. Yeah, 27 hits. 11. 11 total, that's with your Slayer's Prey? Yes. Okay, that arrow kills the one that uh, Spruce Lee backhanded. Now we're up to Faye, who's currently invisible. Like, if I pick something up, does it become invisible with me? You mean, like, if you pick up a rock, does it become invisible once you pick it up? Exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because like, everything I have is metal, and I have no attack spells or anything that will affect the bug in any way. Mm-hmm. But my character currently is feeling that she needs to help defend her friends now. So pick up a rock. Yeah, I guess I will. Is, are as there as soon rocks? as you throw it, you're going to become visible anyways, yep. right? Yeah. There's only but, one left. Correct. Okay, so are there big rocks around? or? Yeah, there's enough debris. Like, I found one to hide behind. So okay. you're gonna pick up his hiding don't, spot. Yeah, don't pick up that one. Don't pick up that one. How big's the one you were hiding? <laughs> oh. What's your definition of helping your friends? <laughs> Three feet. <laughs> what can I pick up? I guess I need to do a strength check or something like that, or what? Hmm. Um. What happened? Like, what would be my minimal that I would just be able to pick it up? And then what kind of damage would this do? I think like is. I want to take it and smash the smash his head. Are you gonna go for a rock that that Faye knows she could lift, or one that that she's gonna be like, I, I need to be heroic right now, and I'm gonna try to lift this? <laughs> well, part of me thinks whatever one's gonna do the most damage, she would think. Like, is it a, maybe a pointy rock that would have like some sort of point? So if I smash it into its head, it's gonna stick in, or like, you know, because when you kill a bug at home, you smash it with a rock. So she's thinking. I just <laughs> <laughs> what kind of household uh, do you No wonder all your tiles in your kitchen are broken. <laughs> I, I use a Kleenex. <laughs> she lived. I'm talking Faye, and I'm talking about that she lived in the wilderness. <laughs> I definitely thought you literally meant here. No. Have a box of rocks to kill bugs. I use my hands when I'm killing bugs here. <laughs> All right, so let's let's do this. Let's make a strength check, and we'll we'll do a damage dice based on on your on your so the strength athletics. Check, the strength check will tell me how heavy the rock is that I get to pick up and then the damage will be based on that sure yeah let's okay. do that I like that okay <laughs> I do not have a very high strength or at make it an athletics check <laughs> alright seven um alright so make a make a melee attack okay three mm. I threw a pebble at its head it's what happened it's <laughs> alright I tried it was a valiant attempt so this rock floats into the air and then just goes straight back down. Hey, what size was the rock? Like a frisbee. I'll turn and glare at this pitiful attempt. And I'll become visible. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, you would be visible now. <laughs> All right, so Spruce is going to take out his quarterstaff and attack the remaining thing. That's a nine. Nine's no good. Unfortunate. Uh, I'm still going to make an unarmed strike as well. 23. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, so that's going to be six. Six damage. Can you make another dexterity saving throw? It's going to try to go after your juicy glaive again. 22. Oh, man. You're just dancing all around this thing. So dexterous. Gilly Crystal, Gildob Fables Tavel, it's your turn. From the safety of my rock, I will shoot another <laughs> arrow. You have sneak attack still. 14 again. Yep. Let's try and do this damage thing properly. 18. Gilladob shoots this. Is it a hand crossbow? No, it's a short bow. Short bow. Mm-hmm. My goodness. This arrow just like sails straight and true and like buries itself in this thing's eye and it's dead. I wipe my brow with the sweat of killing those things. <laughs> I sarcastically say, good work. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> At least I tried to say. I'm going I'm to yeah. have to start being nice to you soon, I guess. After you continue on for a while, you find a suitable place 
you think, for a long rest. So you've basically been been traveling all day, and you find a a spot that is defensible for you to spend the night or day, news. whatever time it is. So I would like to uh, do spend an hour to do my find familiar before I take my rest. Also, so that I don't have to have a slot missing. So I will summon a rat to assist me, or a bat. Flying animals are better. Bat, indeed. It's basically a rat with wings. Yes, a winged <laughs> rat. <laughs> so who is going to? Is there like anybody going to do any sort of sentry uh, duty during this long rest? Anybody staying up, keeping watch? I mean, I can stay up. I'm I'm at full hit points, so I can chill. So during the time that Vanna is awake, amidst the faint sounds of running water and scurrying rodents... Sorry, <laughs> you have to roll me a perception check before I can finish that sentence. Ooh, now I'm rolling bad. Seven. Yeah, okay, no, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm intrigued. So you're, everybody's hit points are back at full, and then you get back half of whatever hit dice you had used. So you've basically been underground for almost an entire day. You continue on. The traps are becoming less frequent, and you get to a point where the tunnel opens into a cavern, and you can see several other tunnel entrances below you, though you find yourselves atop a rocky overhang. It must descend down a sheer wall about 30 feet. Well, this is definitely a situation for rope. <laughs> I take a handful of gravel and toss it towards the empty space. <laughs> it falls. <laughs> Good call, though. Yeah, I tried yeah, is there any uh, good tie-up point, like a nice rock that I could loop some rope around? Yeah, there the there's a tight or a mite of the stalag variety. I, I don't know which one's the <laughs> one on the. You can do one 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 or the other. Sure, both ways. So I, I prepare the rope and uh, tie knots along it if it's not already knotted for ease of climbing, and secure that bad boy. It's uh, the sound in here is like you can hear sort of a, a nearby. I don't want to say a waterfall, but like an underground ravine with rushing water uh, really fills up the entire cavern. Uh, having said that, who's going to descend first? I'll go for it. Every the adventure. Uh, can you make me an acrobatics check? 16. So as you're descending this, even before you start descending, you can see in this cavern there's a number of other tunnel entrances that are sort of branching off from this point that's like a, acting as sort of like a central hub of just naturally occurring um, underground tunnels. And as you get down to the bottom of this sheer overhang, there's another tunnel right in front of you. And you can see with your superior dark vision that there's a humanoid form standing in it. It's an iron guardian. I, I say, oh shit, in a startled <laughs> in a startled fashion. And then calmly call up to the group. Uh, hey, hey guys, I think there's a iron guardian down here. Uh, and then I hide. It's going to turn around and walk towards you because you were just yelling. <laughs> I said quietly called up. <laughs> but I did say, oh shit. I quiet, you, quietly yell up to the rest of the group. <laughs> spoke loud enough to get 30 feet of the <gasps> Guys! <laughs> uh, so can everybody roll me some initiative? 23. 22. 17. 12. Let's start off with... Can you make a stealth check? I just want to see if you managed to successfully hide after shouting. 25. All right. So you sort of alerted this thing, but it, when it turned around, you were already ducked out of the way. Spruce, 
Lee! The idea I'm having is like kind of running and jumping off the edge while holding onto the rope so that I can kind of like swing down at this thing, you know what I mean? And like pull out my glaive. That's a lot all at once, I understand. So I don't know if I need to let, but I'm, that's what I'm picturing like me running, jumping, whipping out my glaive and grabbing onto the rope so that I can kind of swing down straight at this thing. Is that like a legit thing I can... I was also just like, so how tall are, is the golem? Is it like... This is, yeah, this is sort of maybe above average human height. Like maybe a little bit over six feet. So are you wanting to, to use this momentum just to like slam into this thing? Yeah, basically like glaive first. All right, man. Make me an acrobatics check, please. 19. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, and give yourself inspiration. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty good. Uh, so make a glaive attack, okay. and then, and then because because you're just coming at this thing full force, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see if you could just knock it over. So make your make your glaive attack. Okay. No, that's uh, 23. Oh hell yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, 14 damage. 14 damage. Okay. Now I'll get I'll give Spruce Lee the choice. Do you want to use your momentum to try to like knock this thing off balance, or do you just want to like drive your glaive in deep? to like try to break this thing and do more damage just drive it in all right give me another another d6 damage on top of that three all right so 17 points of damage yes Ooh. now you can tell that these things are the last time you fought this thing you were it was in way back in episode one yeah. like like a week ago in game time <laughs> And you're using your quarterstaff. Yeah. These things feel still feel like especially tough, even even with that big hit you you made. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and use a flurry of blows as well to make two unarmed strikes. So the first one, 14 to hit. Not quite enough. Your, your unarmed strike just glances to the side with that one. Okay. And the second one, 16. Yes. Seven damage. Vanna White Housing. I guess I'll yeah, I'll quickly carefully go down the rock face. And if it's that close, I feel like I'll just stab at it with my short sword. Okay, make me an acrobatics check. Eight. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, I was right. Your acrobatics check <laughs> fails, but because it was such a narrow margin and because the rope is so naughty, you make it down, but you lose your balance so that your your like sword just falls out of your hands. So that'll be instead of you falling prone and taking twelve points of damage. Okay, that's <laughs> that's better. Kill it up. All right, from my corner of safety, as always, I've just got the short bow still, so I'll shoot it with an arrow, see what that does. Okay, sneak attack. Nineteen. Yes, nineteen definitely hits. Twelve damage. Roll another two ones. You know, I would stay at a distance. I don't know if there was any... Because I have movement speed, so... I'd just maybe stay 30 feet back. So, Spruce, you have... Now you have your agile parry going on, right? Well, shit. It swings at you twice, and you just nimbly duck out of the way. And this fist, like, goes over your head and just goes into the stone and, like, cracks the stone wall, like, right over your head. And as that happens, you can you get a peek, like right between this thing's legs, mm. down the tunnel. <laughs> oh, and there's more coming. Shit. Oh. 
Fiance. Still up top, right? Yes, you are. Everyone's in the tunnel below me, under my feet. Do I know what's happening down there? Uh, well, Gilladob shouted up to you, and you can hear the sounds of fighting. I'll climb on the rope. Can you give me an acrobatics check? Fifteen? I guess that's just my move, technically. Yeah. Turn myself invisible. I see that there's... When I see this, like, I'm coming down, is it right in front of the tunnel? Yeah, you so see it right away. Okay. And I see there's more coming? Yeah, you can see it. So yeah, I drop down to see that there's other things coming and turn myself invisible. At this point, a few other individuals sort of appear from one of the other tunnels. They begin shouting, and you can't really hear what they're saying very well over the over the sound of the rushing water. You can tell that they're angry and alarmed at you specifically. And one of them, a human, sees these Iron Guardians coming and dashes up into the tunnel up beside Spruce Lee. And he tries to stab at it with a rapier, but he misses. And then he he sort of grabs you by the shoulder and he's like, Get out of here! Go on! You shouldn't be here! And you, you turn around, Spruce, and you see four other people that are shouting at, at Faye and... I don't know if they've seen Gilladob yet, because you're hidden. I'm invisible. Oh, shit. Okay, so they're, they're just shouting at, at Vanna then. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see one of the four is Ketvar Kiaro. Nice. This, this guy beside you with the rapier sort of shoves you backwards... And he says, we got to run right now. Gilladob, you're, and Faye, you're both sort of, you haven't been acknowledged yet, so I want to get your take on what you're going to do. I'm going to watch to see what everyone else is doing. And I might respond, actually, just um, when they say something like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. This golem is not going down. We should get out of here. All right. You, you speak up, Lynn, and you, you just pop up from out of nowhere. And <laughs> I'm used to not getting noticed. You know, like, it's fine. So you've put together that they're part of the alliance like you understand that i guess after because you you turned around and and saw them and your reaction you know probably would have informed me that these people are fine yeah they're better than golems and this guy says that you need to run yeah this fight isn't working out anyway so like i'm not worried about who they are right now because they're less of a threat than the golem i'd like everybody to make an athletics check because you're trying to now outrun these Iron Guardians who are going to give chase. Uh, I was going to, as we, like, as long as we respond and we start moving, I think my only concern is making sure that Spruce is out of the tunnel mouth. But as soon as we get through there, I'd like to cast a minor illusion of rocks falling in front of the opening. Oh, awesome. 15? 17? 7. 11. So these things are, like, you guys are, are just bolting through this tunnel following these guys that showed up out of nowhere. And you you can see that these tunnels are, like, they have sort of wooden supports. But the, the Iron Guardians are surprisingly, um, they don't tire. So they're, they're catching up slowly. And the one guy who came up next to Spruce... Uh, is also lagging behind, and he at one point just stops and pulls on one particular support, causing the tunnel, as you guys go, to collapse and block off. And you can kind of see you can kind of see him turning around to face the Iron Guardians as he gets obscured by some falling rubble. And you guys run for about another thirty seconds, and then the group ahead of you stops. And there's one gruff-looking uh, human 
about Ketvar's height. And he basically turns around and he says, okay, everybody, weapons right now. I want to know who everybody is. I'm invisible still. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Which makes me glad that I wasn't lagging behind because I would have got left behind. <laughs> <laughs> he wants our weapons. Yeah. I don't respond to the statement of weapons, but I introduce myself as Gildob Fabblestabble and thank them for their assistance. He says, what are you doing down here? Like, we have been... I know that there's a group of saboteurs coming down here. I've heard them. Well, first off, who who do you work for? Because that might determine if we're saboteurs or not. <laughs> so the person who said this isn't Ketvar, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to... I'm going to come forward and I'll lay down my weapon in front of him. And then I'll kind of call out Ketvar because I can see him, right? Like he's there. And I'll call him out and say like, hey, it's me. These are my friends. Like we're, we came here to, to find you, I guess. Well, kind of. We came, we came here to get down here, but like we came here to find you sort of so that at least it establishes like a relationship, right? So Ketvar steps forward and he, he was kind of out of breath. And he says, Seth, I can vouch for him. I know him. We were in the Warriors Alliance together. But the the guy in charge says, all right, that makes me feel a bit better, but I still need not bringing armed people back to our encampment. So I look back at everyone and say, give them your weapons. I guess I'll grudgingly hand mine over. I complain that it seems really stupid to not be armed underground. And that this just doesn't make sense. As a deep gnome, I mean, I get it. You want to have society and and all that and safety but i'm really hesitant to give up weapons maybe i'll use persuasion basically i'm trying to persuade them that it does not make sense for me to give up weapons it's safer if i have them okay yeah roll me a persuasion check i mean my persuasion failed since i lost the uh, persuasion then had my bow in hand so obviously that has to go over and the short sword that's pretty obvious but i mean like during this whole thing I'm going to use my invisible mage hand to, like, tuck the venomous dagger away somewhere tight. It probably wasn't too seen. So, like, every piece is, like, painful and slow. So it would be, like, a bow, and then it's, like, an obvious sword. So it's, like, fine. And then here's a dagger, and here's another dagger. Is anybody going to say anything about Faye? Well, here's my thought, is that, like, so <laughs> Faye now sees that everyone is reading the room. Like, she's like, okay, these people are safe. Because they're not, like, you know, Kit Kat's that guy that we were talking about before. They do want our weapons, but I don't really care about weapons. So I've forgotten that I'm invisible. And I have walk over and just put my rapier and dagger down, which they become visible. Everybody seems to jump back. I was like, where, those, where did those come from? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? What is that's, happening? That's a party member. Where are you guys from? Are you friends with a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> I guess my concentration's broken because I'm like, what are they talking about? Oh! And then I appear striking a very magnificent pose. <laughs> what an entrance. <laughs> it is I, fiancé. <laughs> but unintentionally. That's just how you're standing Yeah. when you become visible. Okay, so Ketvar has said that he knows you, but... Seth asks, he's like, what what are the four of you doing down here? I've been I've been catching signs of intruders down here. And I don't mean the Iron Guardians. I mean there's other malcontents trying to worm their way through our defenses. 
So please, can someone convince me that that's not you? So I automatically walk up. Seth, Seth, Seth. I sling my arm around him, <laughs> which I'm sure he loves. Does he pull back or anything? He, he like, takes your arm off of his shoulder. You have nothing to worry about with us. We are here to help. I mean, I ask myself daily why I'm down in this dungeon, why I'm with these people. But they're good guys, and we're here because there's stuff going on up there that isn't supposed to be going on up there. I'm not really sure of all the details, but I know that we're on the good side. And I'm going to use my persuasion. 24. A 24 on your persuasion. Uh, he says, I understand that there's stuff going on up top, but why are you, why are you down? Like, what brings you down here? All right, so at this point, <laughs> Spruce will kind of step in. And I'm going to try and give like the like the Cole's Notes version of Shigar Stoneskin being missing but wanted and um, the fact that we have – I'm not going to say necessarily that we're like harboring Elwyn but that we've been in contact with Elwyn and that he has told us that there are certain things that we need to accomplish in order to try and uh, get Kalira, yeah. So, presume because he said that they kind of know what's going on, so presumably he knows Kalira is missing. And we want Red Dragon Boy out of there. <laughs> I like that Red name. Dra- <laughs> Red Dragon Boy. <laughs> yes. And the fact that none of us are dragonborn, I'm hoping, is going to, you know, ease his mind a little, maybe. You can make your own persuasion check to sort of supplement phase. Mm, 17. That's with a minus one. I'm not very persuasive. (laughs) You can see him taking in what you've each said, and he seems to accept. He's like, fine. You're still being a bit dodgy with, I think, what you're really after, but you know what? You don't have the look of saboteurs to you, and this one revealed herself voluntarily, which seems... (laughs) Seems like something a trained saboteur wouldn't do. So you can come with us, but you'll you'll have to convince you'll have to convince our commander Rainer. Before we go, I want well or whatever. I w- I'm curious to know who are these other people that are coming down here. Like what? What are they trying to do? I haven't caught them yet, so I don't know. And they're trying to get past us for some reason. You mentioned they were saboteurs, though. What would they be saboteuring? <sighs> they might be saboteurs. They might be plunderers. But we're just. They might be Agaran's spies trying to find... Maybe they're trying to find a passage that the Iron Guardians can follow because they've been down here too, more and more. Yeah. And we're having a very difficult time driving them back. Yes, that Guardian we fought was tough. Uh, we've encountered them before, but... Yeah, and one of our men now is likely either dead or taken prisoner. And his name was... His name was Paul. Last initial T. <laughs> Paul not, T was a brave not man. Paul T. Paul T. Nobly sacrificed himself. He's either prisoner, pro- almost certainly dead, though. <laughs> sure, we won't go looking for him. <laughs> we'll just assume he's dead. We appreciate his sacrifice. Yeah, he doesn't need to be buried either or anything. No. But we're already underground. So technically, he's already <laughs> good point. Good point. Well, as much as this has been fun, and we're all very happy to be alive and away from those golems, did, when you said we, we can go with you, is it an option or what is what is this situation? Are you taking us as prisoners? Like you've already insisted, we give up weapons. It's going to be up to Rainer to decide whether 
you continue down further or whether he sends you back. And who is he? He right now he's he's in charge of of the resistance down here. You can kind of see that uh, Seth almost says something else, but he he bites his tongue and he says, you're not prisoners, but even though Clear is gone, we still have to enforce the law. Well, then I guess we'll continue on as not prisoners. Kedvar falls into step with Spruce and he he sort of says, so Spruce, like, what this is that you're after? It's that serious? Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I'll, I'll. Like, if we're kind of hanging back, I'll explain to Ketvar. I mean, I've I've known him for a long time, right? So I'll kind of, I'll explain to him basically what we're after in kind of the, uh, uh, with the pillars and trying to find the different, um, the stones and things like that, basically. I don't know how much detail, I wouldn't necessarily go into detail about there being another plane of existence where all these dragons are and stuff, but I would basically at least tell him kind of what we're after and that it's important. And this is because currently we're looking for the pillars, but it's only to get a copy of the glyphs, right? We don't actually want to, like, take anything from down here. We have Basically, to find, yeah. like, jewels. we still have to get the stones after. Yeah. Ketvar says to you, he says, well, I'll, I'll try to help out in whatever way that I can. I mean, we have supplies down here. Everything's kind of limited. Okay, so after a while, you guys make, you make it to this underground stronghold which is sort of another hub of converging tunnels in this open space. But it's been heavily fortified with sort of like wooden gates. And you're led carefully through like these traps uh, as you approach the perimeter. And Seth orders Ketvar to sort of stick with you as your, I don't know, liaison. He says he's going to get Rainer to come talk with you soon. But if there's any questions that you guys have, like in terms of what's going on around, then you can ask them now before that starts. I mean, I, I could waste time inquiring about if anyone's found any stones. You know, we are underground, so there's a little part of me that would be like, hey, you got a nice base here. Like, you guys do some mining around here? You got any, like, uncut stones? <laughs> it's always business, but that's not really important <laughs> for the mission. Uh, you do notice that there's, among the hundred or so soldiers here you hear the sound of of like a hammer and anvil and you you go to see that there is like this deep gnome that's that's mending equipment and and uh sharpening up weapons i greet him in in gnomish he's a he's really psyched to see you he introduces himself as warren he says i'm i'm the smith down here for these for these tall folk they have you making military wares it's it's not as refined as the more noble pursuits, but keeps me entertained. Yeah, I guess I ask him about his supplies, like where they're able to, to get materials from, and uh, I would offer my help as well. Not much in the way of, of valuable stones at this level, but of course, you and I would know that deeper you go, you can find some good stuff down there. Mm-hmm, that's the saying. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy. It's it sounds weird and common, but better. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Well, if if you find anything um, in your travels, you can bring it to me, and I'll see if I can make something out of it." Mm, fantastic. Well met. It's a short time that later that Rainer comes and and talks to you, and Rainer is a wood elf. So he comes and looks at the four of you in a very quiet tone. Almost to himself. He says, not what I was expecting. And then he says, he says a phrase in Draconic. 
I think only one of you speaks Draconic. He says, who do you serve? Kalira, I guess. Can you make an insight check for me? 20. So he, so he just said something and then all of a sudden Vanna White's just like, Kalira. And we're all like, what? What? <laughs> what just happened? Why are you speaking in dragon? <laughs> to the three of you who don't know what's been said, you just hear Vanna respond to him. He pauses for a moment and then just says, you need to stay here for a few minutes while I decide what happens. Vanna, you can tell that he did not like your response. Vanna, what are you going to convey to the party here? He he asked who we serve, and I He said, asked you that in Draconic? He did. What did you, you say? said that lady that we met for half a minute? Well, I've she is the queen. I've known her for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I serve her. Well, this guy sketches me huh. out, and I gotta say, asking who you serve in Draconic seems like a, a way a spy would to find out if he's found a fellow spy. Yeah, and if you answered Kalira, and he has to think about it, that... And like you said, the fact that he actually asked it in Draconic, in that red dragon boy as he were fighting. Yeah, yeah what's well, a half-elf doing speaking Draconic? He's a wood elf, but, you know. Well, yeah, well... <laughs> wood elves. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Well, yeah, so... I'm not too sure about sticking around here anymore. So Ketvar is still with you, and he, he sort of leans in, and he's like, like, need my help, like, let me know how I can help. I think you should help us get out of here. Do you trust this dude? Like I do, but but Seth doesn't. It's the first positive thing I've heard about. Seth doesn't trust anyone. I think, yeah, I'll ask Kit Kat and the group that maybe we should uh, casually slip out of here. Maybe even ask our the gnomish Smith. He might know some tunnels, some smaller ways uh, that he's found. Ketvar says, why don't you and I go talk to Warren and, like, can somebody make a distraction of some kind? Faye's eyes light up. That's it for our episode this week, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. For now, we're going to let the outro music take it away because it's so epic, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d